We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 this morning. Stephen Grant Rogers. Anybody ever heard of him? Stephen Grant Rogers was born in Brooklyn, New York in 1920. (laughs) By 1940, he was a skinny, scrawny, frail art student, and he also paid the bills by uh, doing comic book illustration. How interesting, huh? Um, Steve was very, very distraught about what was going on in Europe at the time, the, the, the Nazis, you know, uh, just running across Europe, and Steve tried to enlist uh, in the United States Army. In, fa- in fact, he tried to do it on multiple occasions, but because he was so frail, he was so, he was so small, so skinny, he kept getting rejected. Yet, his tenacity caught the eye of an army general, and he brought Steve in to be uh, a test subject for something called the super soldier serum. (laughs) Y'all heard this one? Okay. (laughs) Somebody's already taking notes going, wow, I've never heard this story. (laughs) And yeah, I know. Wouldn't it be great if there was a movie about this? We could all run home and watch it. So the super serum worked. And Steve Rogers had suddenly these these, uh, super soldier abilities. He had super strength, super intelligence, super stamina, and super agility. I've always liked that story. And I always wondered, I mean, wouldn't it be cool if we had some kind of super soldier serum, something that gave us, you know, super strength, super intelligence, super stamina, super agility, spiritually, right? Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, wait, we do. (laughs) It's called the Holy Spirit. It's called the Holy Spirit. Strength. Ephesians tells us we've been strengthened with power through His Spirit. Intelligence. Ephesians also tells us that we've been given the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Stamina. Colossians says, according to His glorious might, we have endurance and patience with joy. And you want to talk about super agility? Right in the middle of, of Paul writing to, to the church at Corinth, and he's telling them about, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Hey, here are these, the, these super things that you can operate in. And then over here in this chapter, he's talking about, and now here's some of the rules to operate in them. Right between these two powerful chapters, he stops and he says, to be able to do this, there is an agility that you have to have. There is an agility that comes along with some ability, and that ability is called love. Love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, love is patient, kind, does not envy or boast, is not arrogant or rude, does not insist on its own way, and is not irritable 
or resentful. Guess what? Paul was not writing about weddings there. I know almost every Christian wedding you go to, you're going to hear something from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But Paul was not writing about weddings. He was writing to Holy Spirit super soldiers. So dad, this morning being Father's Day, I want to talk about how dads can be super soldiers, superheroes for their family. All right? And I promise you, a superhero is not going anywhere without his superhero outfit. Right? We need that superhero outfit first. So that's where we're going to pick it up in Ephesians chapter 6, starting verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God. And we can stop there and we can talk for a long time. The whole armor of God. Not half the armor of God. Not some of the armor of God. Not the armor of God that I like best. But the whole armor of God. You need all of the pieces of the armor of God. Why? So that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. If we don't have all of the armor of God, we don't stand against the schemes of the devil. One of them is not going to work. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Here's another one where we can stop and we can talk for a really, 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 really long time. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Do you hear me? There is nobody living on this earth that as a Christian is your enemy. I probably need to say that again. Let me say this over here on this side. Okay? Because this side missed it. There is nobody on this earth. I don't care who it is. Listen to me. I know society wants to stir things up. Society wants to divide. Society wants us clumped together in this little group over here where everybody in my group thinks just like me. Everybody in my group acts just like me. So there's absolutely no cross-pollination. The enemy wants to get us divided. He wants to get us separated. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You think of whoever or whatever. If there is a person in your life that you think of and it just makes you angry. If there is a group of people that you think of and it just makes you angry. Guess what? That is not God. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Who do we wrestle with? Who do we fight against? The scripture goes on to tell us against rulers. Against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Now, he is not writing to just the superstar Christians. He is writing to everybody in the church. And he is saying, we are going to fight against demonic forces. And you need to be ready. You need to be ready. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. He said it twice, didn't he? That's twice. Why did he have to say it twice? Because he knows Christians. (laughs) Got to say it twice. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Now, I have some props with me today. 
I bought these at the Christian bookstore. I was looking for some big enough to fit me. But uh, there's a lot of things that don't fit me nowadays. Uh, you ain't got no reason to talk. <laughs> the belt, the belt of truth. The belt of truth. <laughs> the belt of truth. Listen, it said stand and put on the belt of truth. Standing. That's a posture of readiness. It's a posture of getting ready to march. It's a posture of getting ready to go in battle. Then we put on the belt of truth. Roman soldiers didn't wear their, their, their belts while they're just hanging out. They would actually take the belt off. Now, the belt was much more than something like this. It was a, a, a great big piece of armor that, that really, it covered the sensitive areas. It came up over, over uh, the stomach, and it hung down towards about the, the knees, it covered the sensitive areas. We need truth to stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Do you hear that? We need truth. Truth is the foundation of everything, of what we've built everything on. Truth keeps us sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It talks about Jesus several times in the gospel, and it says that he was moved with compassion. That word compassion there, uh, the Greek word is splagnomia or something like that. I could not spell it even if I tried, but it wouldn't even matter. But the literal translation of that is, is bowels. So really what it says was Jesus was moved by his bowels. Why wouldn't you? Know, we can make a joke about that, but we're not going to. What does that really mean? It's because the ancient people believed that compassion and love lived in the bowels. So when Paul is saying protect the bowels, protect the sensitive areas, we stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit through truth and we can be moved by compassion. Make sense? All right. Moving on. Ephesians 6:14 and having put on the breastplate of righteousness the breastplate of righteousness here we go i won't be real honest with you without the belt of truth you're not going to understand the breastplate of righteousness one thing that the belt did it made everything else stay in place without truth we don't understand righteousness because we are human beings we we tend to try to earn something we try to be worthy of something. But righteousness or right standing with God is not something we earn. It's something that we're given. It's something that we're given when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So trying to earn it really puts us back in a place where we're, we're acting like a slave or we're acting like a servant instead of acting like a son or acting like a daughter. Righteousness. It covers our heart. The breastplate, it covers our heart. The core of who we are. The real. This is who we really are. Not what's seen on the outside, but who I am on the inside. Who God has recreated me to be on the inside. Anybody that's ever come into a relationship with Jesus will tell you, the moment that you got saved, 
Your hair didn't grow. It didn't change colors. You didn't suddenly become, you know, seven feet tall or something like that. The outside doesn't change, but the inside is absolutely different. We're new creations through Christ Jesus. If we don't have the truth, we won't understand who we really are through Christ Jesus. And let me just say this. It is the breastplate of righteousness, not the hammer of condemnation. Okay? All right, verse 15. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now, in my, my, little, uh, my little purchase, we don't, we don't have the shoes of the gospel of peace. We have the shin guards of the gospel of peace. I don't know what version that is from. It's not the King James Version. It might be the LeBron James Version. I don't know. The shin guards of the gospel of peace. Yeah. We'll just hold on to that for... For a second. Listen, the shoes represent the foundation that we're standing on. The good news. You know the word gospel means good news, right? It means good news. Now listen to me. The good news of Jesus is the only foundation that brings peace. Shame is not good news. Relationship is. Sin is not good news. Forgiveness is. Fear is not good news. Freedom is. Hell is not good news. Heaven is. You know, we've been accused of not preaching hell enough around here. And I will say guilty is charged. You know why? Because I deal with a whole lot of people and they find hell all by themselves. It, it doesn't take anything special to find hell. But you know what the good news does? Points us to Jesus. And people need help finding Jesus. Remember, we're talking to dads. Dads, be prepared to share Jesus with your kids. Moms, I love you so much. Moms, thank you so much for being so awesome and so wonderful as you are. But dad, you need to share Jesus with your kids. Dads, your kids need to see you in the word. Your kids need to see you in prayer. They need to hear you talking about the good things of God. Because that is a witness to them. I got some cleats up here. A Roman soldier's shoes were actually uh, studded with, with spikes on the bottom of them, kind of like these cleats right here. It gave them good traction, helped them stand firm, helped them not be moved. We need that. The gospel of peace is a foundation that will not be moved. The peace of God is studded like, like, like the, 
the, the shoes of the Roman soldiers, and it gives the good news traction. You hearing that? All right, verse 17. It says, and take the helmet of salvation. Now, I moved this one up a verse because I want to get through the whole outfit first. Remember, we're talking about our super, our superhero outfit first. So take the helmet of salvation. Salvation is pictured here as a battle helmet. And it's protecting our mind, our soul area, our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's what the helmet of salvation does. And we also need to understand that salvation is not just a one-time thing. Yes, there is a place where we come into a relationship with Jesus, and we call that salvation. But Paul also said, work out your salvation daily. So there is a place of, 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 of being eternally saved, but there's also a place of being presently saved. The word salvation could also be translated as rescue. You ever need to be rescued? You ever been in a situation where, God, I need you. I need you really bad, and I need you right now. We need to be rescued. 1 Thessalonians talks about the, the, the helmet of salvation in correlation with the hope of salvation. Hope. We need hope. You know we need faith and hope? I don't know why hope somewhere along the way became the, the odd stepchild that was pushed aside. The, the, the kid that nobody really wants to talk about. When I was growing up, I was taught that, that, that hope was just basically weak faith. You had to get through hope to get to faith. So nobody ever wanted to talk about hope. Oh, we don't need hope. We need faith. But you know what? That's not true. Laying in a hospital bed dying, God started talking to me about hope. Because I'm praying and I'm saying, God, why am I not being healed? God, why, why is this not working? God, what's going on? Why is my faith so weak? And the Lord said, it's not your faith. You're weak in hope. Weak in hope. Yes. He said, faith is for your spirit. Hope is for your soul. Hope engages my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions so it comes together with my spirit that is already full of faith. And it's powerful together. We need both of them. So when we're talking about the hope of salvation, we're talking about the hope of being presently rescued. We need that covering our mind, right? This is what uh, really prevented me from not wearing the outfit myself. It just would not fit on my head no matter what. <laughs> uh, you know, one of Satan's strongest weapons is discouragement. Discouragement comes when our hope is low. So when we start to find ourselves discouraged, check your helmet. Lord, what's going on? Why has my hope gotten low? Where, where is my, my hope and salvation? And do whatever needs to be done to get back into hope. You know, um, last year was a, was a tough year for me. 2019 
you know, I, I had spent all of 2018 uh, being sick, and then 2019, I mean, we hit the ground running, and the church was growing. There was people, there, there wasn't a chair to be found in this sanctuary. I mean, we were adding chairs. We were cramming so many people in here, and the church was, was full, and there was all this momentum, and it just, you know, it, it felt good. You know, it makes preachers feel good to look out there and see, see it full. And it felt like we were having so much momentum. We're going into 2020, you know, and all the prophets are going, 2020, it's the year that we're really going to see who we are in Christ. Okay. What did we see in 2020? Mostly that we're sick and racist, I guess. But guess what? The church got shut down. Not just this one, but all churches got shut down. And we, we, we spent some months... Not, not being able to, to do, not being able to be. I missed you guys. I really, really did. I felt like that kid going, guys, guys, come play, come play. But I started getting really discouraged. You know, we, we hit uh, June when we opened back up, and I'm thinking, well, everybody's going to show back up. Well, they didn't. They didn't. Well, you know what? When we get to September and school starts back, everybody will show up. They, they didn't. And I found myself uh, in September and October just really feeling discouraged, just really feeling down because it had to be all my fault. People don't like me. They don't want to come. They don't want to hear me preach. They don't want to do this, whatever it is. It's all my fault. And I was just down. I was low. And the Lord come knocking on my helmet. Where's your hope? You know, it talks, it talks about David in one of the lowest parts of his life when his own men were wanting to stone him. It says he encouraged himself in the Lord. How do we encourage ourselves in the Lord? Well, I can promise you the one thing. Anytime my hope starts getting low, worship. Go to worship. Go to worship. Go to worship. Even if you're just mouthing the words at first. Even if you, you I don't even have enough in me to mouth the words right now, Lord. But just let it roll over you. Let it roll through you if it's good worship. I mean, things talking about how good our God is. Talking about the things that he's provided for us. I'm not talking about, you know, some of the, uh, on Jordan's stormy banks we stand and cast a wishful lie. Some of y'all weren't Baptist enough to, to know what that was. I'm talking about things that fill you. Things that, that begin to overflow that you can't, you can't, you hear it long enough, it's gonna start coming out. It's gonna start coming out. Worship starts coming out. And when you begin to worship, guess what? You're gonna start praying. You're gonna start praying. And when you start praying, you're gonna start praising. And when you start praising, you're gonna start looking at things differently. And you're gonna start saying, Why is my soul so get downcast? I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage myself in the Lord. I'm gonna raise up. Because this is not who he has called me to be. That's what the helmet does for us. And you know what, Dad? Once we got all that armor on, it's, it's time to pick up our super soldier, our superhero weapons, right? Back in verse 16. 
It says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, wouldn't that be great if it was true? <laughs> wouldn't it be great if, if God had provided something that would extinguish all, all the attacks of the enemy? But I guess Paul, you know, he was just speaking in hyperbole here, right? He didn't really mean it. He couldn't have really meant that, that faith in God would... would, would, would would destroy all of the attacks of the enemy. He couldn't really mean that, could he? <laughs> That's right. All means all. I was, I, I was going to break that down into the Greek for you because it is such a, a difficult word. That word all right there, I mean, it, 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 is, it means everything. I mean, it, it means everything. It means all. 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 So, in all circumstances. Why are we getting our butts kicked sometimes? Because we're not doing it in all circumstances. I'm being honest, right? I, I'm just as guilty as anybody. We wait, you know, well, I don't want to trouble God with this. You know, we, we need to wait till it's something really, really big, and then, then I'll believe in faith, right? No, in all circumstances. Take up the shield of faith. And you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So does that mean that it will extinguish wrong thoughts? Wrong feelings? Fear? Confusion? Temptation? Wow. Some of those alls that we all deal with, right? So the thing goes, well, you know, how do I get faith? How do I pick up faith? Romans 10, 17 tells us, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, the Greek word, word, right here is rhema, R-H-E-M-A. The word rhema is used as a, a specific word that God is speaking to us individually. See, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, speaking about Jesus. And that word there is logos. And that means the, really the, the whole counsel, the collected words. Well, right here he is saying, we need that rhema word. We need God speaking to us. We need to be in connection with the Holy Spirit. I know it never happens to you. Ever so often, every once in a blue moon, I pick up my Bible and I start reading. And you know what? My eyes will pass over a whole page and I can't tell you one thing I read. Ever been there? You're lying if you're saying no. <laughs> we have all been there. But the thing is, when the rhema starts to come, it makes the logos come alive. See, the Lord has started speaking to me. He said, you need to engage the word as a son. This isn't just a rule book. This is a book about the exploits of my dad. And if I will engage it like a son, I'm going to receive out of it what he wants me to get to be his heir.
So dads, expect the Holy Spirit to make your Bible time come alive. All right. I'm racing towards the end. Verse 17 says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit. Pick up the sword of the Spirit also. Now, I have been taught almost all of my life that this is the sword of the Spirit. You ever heard that? I may shock you right here. The word, when it says right here, is the word of God, that word is rhema also. So what is he saying? Is he saying, don't pick this up? No, absolutely he's not saying, don't pick this up. But he's reinforcing what he's already said. You have got to be in connection with the Holy Spirit to even understand this thing. You can have a sword and not know how to use it. And there have been lots of people that have used it in the wrong way because you can use this to justify just about anything you can think of. It's been used to justify slavery and racism and beating people down and keeping people uh, in, in fear and condemnation. It's been used by cults. This same book that we read. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Now, this may sound controversial, but I do not worship this book. I worship the God of this book. And the God of this book makes this come alive. I hope that didn't hurt anybody's feelings. But I know a lot of times that we can get under this, this thing that, um, you know, I just don't read my Bible enough. Oh, I'm just not very good. But you know what? The belt of truth keeps me not listening to the lies of the enemy. The breastplate reminds me I do not have to perform to be accepted. And the shoes keep me grounded in the good news of Jesus. So we're free. Don't do anything out of condemnation. You hearing me? Don't do anything out of condemnation. If you've got one minute to spend with God, if your day is so busy that you've got one minute to spend with God, God will take that one minute and he'll make it glorious. My issue is I have an hour and I waste 59 minutes. And then I'm going, God bless this, God bless this, you know. I'm giving him my leftovers. Bless my leftovers, Lord. Bless my leftovers. But if we really just have a small time, God understands what we're going through. Take that small and give it to God. I was counseling with somebody just a, a couple of months ago, and I asked them, well, are, are you staying in the Word? And you could just see the shame come over them. And that is never a question that I want to bring shame to people. And they said, well, you know, I read the, I read the, the verse on the Bible app that comes through every day. Great. You know that's okay. I said, take that one verse and let, let God unpack it for you. Let him breathe on it for you. Let it become life for you. Meditate on it. Meditate. Roll it around. Think about it. You've probably heard this example before, but meditation, Christian meditation is like a cow chewing its cud. You read it. You think about it. You swallow it. Mm, that was good, Lord. And then just some other time during the day, you just go, start, start chewing again. 
if you will do that with that one verse, if you'll do that with that one verse, God will make it live for you. I promise you. All right. So here we're finishing. Verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So here's a weapon that we sometimes forget about. Or here's the ultimate weapon. Dads, we are not all dressed up with no place to go. All right? We've got the armor on. We've picked up the weapons. Now it's time to pick a fight. James 5, 16 says, The prayer of a righteous person. Well, gee, if I was only righteous, I will smack you right in the head. (laughs) The prayer of a righteous. He's not saying the prayer of a super holy person. He said the prayer of a righteous person. We are righteous through Christ Jesus. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I'm going to call my super soldier up here. Come on up here. I forgot my last two props. I just got excited. This is Isaac Lang. Give him a hand, please. He agreed to do this for me. I was at first going to have him sit on the stage with me, but I thought that would be a little bit awkward. So, here's Isaac. He's dressed in his armor from head to toe. You know, we've been talking about the the super soldier serum. We've been talking about being superheroes. And dads, I know a lot of times that we think like, well, I'm Steve Rogers before the super serum. You know, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just weak. I'm just this. I'm just that. We think that spiritually. But, Dad, in, in, in our macho world, we think I've got to be this when this is what God wants. God wants us to come as a son. He said it was childlike faith. Childlike faith. So instead of thinking, I've got to be all of this, I've got to do this, I've got to be so, so super, this is what we need to be. We need to be a child. Dad, I have no doubt that physically, if somebody was attacking your family, you would do something about it. If someone was messing with one of your kids, you would do something about it. Let's let's, let's don't be so dedicated that we would do something physically but not do what we really need to do spiritually. Because dads, you really are superheroes. This is really what God wants from you. God wants to see you this way. And if God sees you this way, the enemy will see you as that, that, that hulking creature come to cut his head off. Okay? He's afraid of you realizing who you are in Christ Jesus. 
He's afraid of you picking up the armor and the weapons and being ready to do for your family what needs to be done. As long as he can keep you discouraged, as long as he can keep you out of the word, as long as he can keep you believing, well, I guess everybody else can, can hear from God, but it, just not me. That's not the truth. You were created to commune with your father and then turn and fight for your family. And we fight in prayer. Once again, we don't fight flesh and blood. Don't start that. We fight in prayer. 